Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, welcome in to another edition of the Noon Dish. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. A lot of wheels turning today. A lot of hamsters running on their wheels to get keep everything rolling in the world of IC. Um, just had to post something on another board. Don Callahan's been working on a ton of stories. Everybody, like we say, Don, there's just simply no off season. What what is it about the summer you think people, commitment? Season? People get tired of that cliche. I know it's our like. I don't know. Do, do you think? I don't think so. I'm not a big cliche person, so when, but I mean, it's correct. I'm not saying that you're not correct. It is correct. Top five uh, cliches we don't like. <laughs> that that would be a good one, but I would definitely need at least, you know, next week. You know what my favorite is? What's that? It is what it is. But I like it if well, you that, say that, it. It is a- what it is. It, it's such a lazy thing that's thrown out there when you don't have anything else to say. That's what Oh, really? Okay. Is. So next week's top five cliches. You either like them or don't. Just top five cliches. Um, book it. Mark it. Whatever you want to say. That is our top five next week. Shout out to Johnny T-Shirt. JohnnyT-Shirt.com for sponsoring this and many other Inside Carolina podcasts. Shout out for everybody that makes this work. Shout out if you're listening on the audio version. That means John Siegley put in the work to get it to the uh, get it to the podcast feeds. And just um, something to look forward to if you're on the audio version. If you're not on the audio version, either way, the Malcolm Ziegler live from Fuquay Verena High School uh, show that we did. I guess on was it a Monday? Don did a, Don and I did on Monday. We'll be tacked yeah. on to the end of this. Um, 
on the audio people if, if you want to watch it on the video that youtube is posted we also did a live from jordan ship's commitment with john bowman uh you know don's phone is blowing up today so it's just a hectic busy time uh, who was our uh mvp last week don cold ascending cold ascending a yeah. a newbie at least somebody yeah. a name we had not seen seen um but they earned top I, I think early on somebody got on us a little bit maybe rightfully so said we we need to recognize new people uh well there you go cold ascending mvp of last week so and a bunch out. of former mvps are in here i got sean crowley or is it crowley crowley uh, Alan Mitten, former MVP. Was it Mark Kinston was MVP? Preston, yeah. I think, was MVP. I think. Correct me if I'm wrong with any of this stuff. So a lot of is, MVPs in here. It's like the walk of fame. That's here. right. The walk of fame for the noon dish. And, and shout out. And, and to the other folks that are in, you know, there's 40 plus people in here now. Get in the chat. Get in the chat. Drop questions, comments, rate us, review, like, you know, smash that like button, like some people like to say. Speaking uh, of cliches. Yeah, just uh, do it all that stuff. It helps us out. Give us a review. Hop on the message boards. Get a chat going on the message boards. Whatever you want to do to interact with us. It's a fun time. Uh, are you going to the soccer game tonight, Don? Uh, considering I don't know what you're talking about, no. Okay. <laughs> what soccer game? Is it There's the Chelsea and Wrexham or whatever? So it's tonight? Think. It's tonight in Keenan Stadium, yes, sir. How much are tickets? Um, I think they've gone down significantly. I think when they went on sale, lowers maybe a hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty bucks a piece. It's Crowley, Crowley. Sorry, I didn't mean Crowley. to interrupt that. Oh, my it's bad. gone down to how much? I, I've seen people. I saw people on the message board selling them for, you know, four for a couple hundred bucks. So it's gone down significantly. I don't know how it breaks down as far as upper level, lower level, whatever. I'll be sitting in the end zone. So you'll be there. I'm going. I'm I'm taking my soccer-minded son, and we are going up there. Um, did not pay the ridiculous prices for parking around the stadium, um, so paid the five bucks to hop on the parking ride. Okay. And we will uh, hit the parking ride at the Friday Center and go to the soccer game. Check it out. It'd be pretty cool, I think. Um, hoping yeah, I... that they manage it better than the uh, stadium series hockey game. Did you go to that? I did. Oh, what'd you and think of that? That was awesome. I, okay. I mean, a lot of people got twerked up because it was at state and they hyped up NC state and all that stuff. I thought it was amazing. The only thing I don't understand about that, and I'm hoping this is not what happens tonight in Chapel Hill is I've been to plenty of state football games. I've been to plenty of hurricane hockey games and have never had a problem parking, getting mm -hmm. in and out of this stadium or anything like that. The stadium series hockey game was the biggest cluster of a parking nightmare um, that I've ever seen in my life. So it took I, us two hours to go one less than a mile um, into the stadium. Now, once we got there, it was fine. Mm -hmm. But the lines to get into the stadium themselves, just a complete cluster. Um, so hoping that they don't uh they don't they don't switch up too much tonight in Chapel Hill and create just a disaster of a log jam everywhere so speaking of clusters so i went and saw the savannah bananas on saturday and uh, for whatever reason even though it's it was in the durham bowls park they did open seating so what that did was 
the gates opened at 5.30, and we tried to get there around 5. We were a little late, um, but fortunately, my uncle, who I went with, and his family, they had arrived early, but there was a huge line, and it wasn't like an organized line. It was just basically just a crowd of people kind of funneling in, and it was an absolute nightmare trying to grab seats and making sure you, had, you could sit next to each other. We actually had a big group it, it, you know, of people. We had probably 20-plus people, but we ended up only sitting with my uncle's family and, uh, and my family um, just because of just how much of a cluster it was. And then it got even worse when it started to rain because people started leaving their seats, and then people started stealing seats. It was just an absolute mess, all because they did open seating, which was disappointing. But... Um, I really loved it, uh, but I think my wife, who does not like sports, loved it way more than I did because it's definitely a goofy sort of thing. I know that that was something you were interested in. I try to see if we can get additional seats, but additional tickets for you, but uh, it did not work. Extra, out. Did yeah. not have any extra tickets. I wanted to go check them out, but I got on there. Uh, I told you I got on Ticketmaster or StubHub or whatever it was, and it was like two hundred and fifty dollars for standing room only seats, which is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. I was, wish I would have, uh, to Matt Windorf's comment in the chat, I wish I'd have waited to buy hockey or excuse me, uh, soccer tickets, but you know, we got it them, is what it is. My <laughs> uncle bought them, um, a little over a year ago, or I'm sorry, a little less than a year ago. And they're 25 bucks each. So they nice. just went up just because, of, and I think what initially happened was, I think there was only supposed to have a game on Friday and that sold out so quickly that they did Saturday. Also, we went for the Saturday game, but yeah. um, I definitely considered the soccer game. I didn't know it was tonight, but I definitely considered it, but I knew immediately there's so many soccer junkies that it was just going to be, you know, tickets were just going to be a pain in the butt. So I didn't even really seriously consider it. Well, I mean, they went, they sold out in like 30 minutes or something ridiculous, but now the, the market secondary market's been flooded with a bunch and okay and so anyway you could go if you want um but we are getting there fairly early parking at the parking ride catching the bus in there and checking it out see what it's all about um grass natural grass in keenan stadium and uh so they have i don't know if they laid it on top of the turf or they pulled up the turf and laid it down either way uh, one game natural grass i wish i could figure out what they're doing with that grass after the fact so they could i'd drive up there and get me a couple pallets to put in the yard but anyway um i also heard that you know Lionel messi is with miami now mm -hmm. and that my, they're going to require teams to put in grass when he comes to town i can't imagine that's true but maybe it is anyway we're here to talk about North yeah Carolina we're getting off topic there's a lot of people who are angry now yeah, so if you're if you want to ask questions for Don, drop them in here. Let's get into it, Don. It was a busy week. Um, you and I did the lives. You had a ton of content on the Jordan Ship commitment, uh, Malcolm Ziegler commitment. Uh, you know, there was supposed to be one other that was moved to later to a grandmother's birthday. But Don, let's let's back up to Sunday and Jordan Ship's commitment. We've talked about it. Your work's well documented, but that's a big deal for North Carolina, I think, to secure that commitment. And then to follow it up the next day with another big in-state commitment. Uh, just sort of comment on both of those, uh, how they got to be North Carolina Tar Heels. 
Oh, well, with Ship, it was a situation where North Carolina offered him, I guess it was, I feel like it might have been during the during last football season. And, you know, he had, you know, like a top six at one point. But ultimately, this came down to North Carolina, Michigan, and NC State. And, and really, you know, and he'll tell you, it came down to to Michigan and North Carolina and that Michigan actually gave North Carolina a pretty hard battle. Although I think, you know, he says he was, he was, it was even throughout, but didn't make and didn't make his decision until that final official visit, which was North Carolina. And, you know, made the decision then obviously he wanted to have a ceremony. So he waited until the ceremony to announce it publicly with Malcolm. You know, I think, North, it was always going to be North Carolina, North Carolina's to lose sort of situation just because we actually ran the story we talked about. Probably, I think I got posted like a couple minutes before we just went on air about how his, him and his family took part in the military homecoming 10 years ago when his father was supposed to come home in December. His mother found out that um, he was going to come home a little earlier and so she decided to reach out to UNC to do a homecoming sort of thing to surprise the kids. And that's what they did. There's video up on Twitter. You can actually watch what happened, which is pretty cool. We, we were able to, to look back in our archives and we had photos of it, which is amazing. Uh, it's, it's one of the times that we're happy that Jim Hawkins just takes a lot of photos. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that that was always in the back of their head, even though Malcolm didn't mention it to me until we did the commitment story, you know, him and I did commitment interview, you know, he never mentioned it to me, which is typical kids just forget about those sort of things. But I think throughout that was always going to be, be, you know, it was North Carolina was always the team to beat South Carolina, like Michigan with ship, South Carolina put up a, a battle and his mom admitted that. And so did Malcolm. And, you know, to be honest, I don't know this to be fact or I don't know, like no one from Malcolm's side has has admitted this. And I haven't asked just because it's just really not, you know, the answer really doesn't matter all that much. But it would not shock me if he had committed to both South Carolina and North Carolina in early June to kind of secure his spots with both schools because he knew he was taking those official visits later because. From my understanding, South Carolina was, I don't know if off guard is the right word to use, but there were a lot of people, a lot of commits for South Carolina, a lot of people in South Carolina that, that were under the impression that he um, he was going to pick South Carolina. And there were some that morning who had said to me, hey, I heard he actually flipped from South Carolina to North Carolina. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, from what I know, he had committed to North Carolina a long time ago and this was done, but um, yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if he, if, if he had committed to both of those schools just to kind of lock things up. And then ultimately you know, took his official visits to both those schools and Notre Dame, North Carolina again was that final official visit, which we talked about it a bunch mm-hmm. and um, making the decision, you know, that North Carolina was ultimately going to be the spot. You know, it's interesting the schools put a lot of pressure on, these kids to make a decision and, you know, you talk about secure a spot and, and I know that the discussions on the message boards 
have been uh, you know interesting about they they shouldn't call them commitments they should just call them placeholders and things like that but one thing i did find interesting in, in watching the live streams um, that you did with ziggler and you and john bowman did with ship is there was a lot of opposing fans in there and yeah. in the ziggler one especially the the south carolina people were quite confident yeah uh, that, that he was about to uh break the tar heels heart when he announced and so that was always interesting i mean you had you had at least as many south carolina folks as you had north carolina folks in that live chat um but you know ultimately it comes down to to proximity and and all that kind of stuff so anyway i it would not surprise me either way um i know a lot of times it's difficult to tell these coaches no yeah, um, yeah, because you, you and you talk to recruits, and they say yeah. that a lot, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, think about, think about this. I mean, yes, he. You, let's take Malcolm. He he developed a very strong relationship with um, Charlton Warren, but he also established some very strong relationships. And his mom mentioned this also at South Carolina. You know, per, you know, close to as strong, or maybe as strong. And so, yes, it's difficult to tell somebody who you know has put who's invested a lot of time into you, into your child and tell them, Hey, this is not going to be the choice. So that, that's, that's pretty hard. There's a question here from, um, where was it at? I'm talking about John Fox's question. Okay. So actually I didn't, I just, I'm just seeing John Fox's question. Now do you want to pull that up? Yeah. How common is it for kids to verbally commit to multiple schools? So here, so here's the thing. And this is why I have such an issue with, people using the term silent commitment. I could tell you that the coaches I interact with pretty frequently do not consider, if it's not out there in the public, they do not consider it a commitment, which means they're still recruiting for that position, for that spot. So if they don't consider a commitment, we shouldn't. And this is a pretty good example of why if, if we're running under, you know, if we're going hypothetically and saying that Malcolm committed to two schools, I don't know that to be fact. I know that he committed to North Carolina. He's admitted that. My sources support that. I'm just saying that there's definitely some um, pretty good evidence that that he could have also done it with South Carolina. But this is why the whole silent commitment thing bothers me a little bit when people use it. Also, there are people who come out and try to pretend like they have information when they really don't. And the best way for them to do that is say, oh, well, this kid's a silent, you know, knowing that you can't disprove it because it's a silent commitment because it's not out there. And so that's what kind of I think it irritates a lot of pe other posters, too, because a lot of people will say, oh, this kid's going to commit this weekend. And then when he doesn't and they say, well, he did. He just a silent. So that's that's the irritating part. But so to me, when it's if a kid let's take it into dating terms, Tommy. All right. So let's take Tommy. Back. Tommy, how old are you again? 50 something. All right. So let's go back. God, we're going to have to go back. What? We're going to have to back. Uh, can we use a hypothetical person here? 35. No, we're going to, we're going to use you. 30. Okay. Can we go back 35 years? We need to go back further than that. When you go back. 35 I mean, years. I would have been like a preteen if we go back too much further than that, but that's, all that's right, sufficient. All right. all right. So let's go back 35 years. <laughs> you meet a girl, you go out a couple dates you guys talk about being boyfriend and girlfriend and she says to you, okay, that's cool, but you cannot tell anyone that we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And next weekend I'm going to go 
on a date with Ross Martin, and the and the and the weekend after that, I'm going to go on a date with John Bowman. Are you going to feel like you and her are boyfriend and girlfriend? And negative. Exactly. So that's so so. Let's be realistic about this. If a kid is a quote unquote silent, but he's still visiting other schools, he's not committed to that school. Right. Now, if you take a situation like Jordan Ship, who commits that final weekend at North Carolina, but wants to have a ceremony. You know, the same thing happened with Keenan Jackson and a couple other guys. He's they're they're not making any other visits to any other schools. That's cool. And they don't even use the term silent. You know, that's just not a term that's that's used. That makes sense. They're not visiting any schools, their recruitment's done. They just want to do it a certain way and announce it to the public a certain way. And there's everything cool like that. But if you're still taking visits and all of that, you're not committed to a school. I hundred percent agree. My couple, ooh, this is a lot of cliches coming in here. My my favorite thing is when people have information that they this this is the gold standard. And like you said, they pop up and say, "Oh well, the kid, you know, teenagers, they change yeah. their minds and all that kind of stuff." Which happens, but, but it's just there's so many people that just want to come out and act like they have information when they really don't, or maybe they heard rumors or this and that, and so they're trying to cover up their tracks a bit. I think the one that really irked me was the Jaquarius Conley one, which I was I was more on top of that recruitment than anyone else because of because I had a good relationship with his dad, who ended up being a, a you know a, a regular um, uh, poster on Inside Carolina, and also Jaquarius made multiple visits there uh, to his school, and there were there was a poster or two who said he he had suddenly committed well before he had. And it was just kind of frustrating because I was like, hey, this is what this person's saying. And, and Aquarius was like, no, that's I haven't. I haven't done anything. I don't know what that's coming from. You know, I'm still visiting other schools. And this is well before I actually committed. But anyway, there was another question, too, that actually grabbed my, I think it was Derek Morrison. Do you want to highlight that? It's right underneath John Fox's. Okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, here you go. Oh, to answer John's question, because he asked how many kids do, I mean, probably not too frequently, but I'm sure that there are situations where kids try to lock up spots like that. You know, um, you there's definitely kids who try to lock up spots, multiple schools, maybe, you know, it's just so hard to quantify, but anyway, so moving on to Derek, I'm a freely, I'm a freely admit I'm telling everybody I'm coming. Well, it's a smart, it's a smart move because (laughs) there are kids. If, if, if you follow this, not just from a North Carolina perspective, but a lot of different schools. There's a lot of kids who had official visits scheduled to a lot of different places. And then if you notice, you know, after that first weekend, some visits started to get canceled. Then after the second weekend, even more visits started to get canceled. And there was, there was, a, there was very few kids who ended up taking all of the official visits they had scheduled because either they had committed somewhere else or their spot at a particular school that they were scheduled to officially visit later on in June was filled by another commitment. So, right. so yeah, so it's smart to try to lock it, especially if you know, you know, you really want North Carolina, you really want South Carolina, whatever it may be. It's a smart move. You know, yep. if you're if you're looking out for yourself. All right. So on to Derek's. You want to read the question? Yeah. Ship, uh, Derek Morrison working on a uh, MVP today. Ship and Kay Jackson seem to think the upcoming class will be top 10. Is that a possible reality? Mathematically, no. 
you can the best based thing on to, the numbers based, based on, on the numbers yes the calculator and all that kind of stuff if you were to go now i think we uh, some fans some posters just take what these recruits say too much to hold it too strongly i'm looking at you derek from from ice from the tar pit premium message board you got to really take with a grain of salt you got to remember there is it the same derek or not Oh, that's interesting. It might be. I don't know. Is it spelled the same? Here, I, let me go back. Is it spelled the same? It, Yeah, it might be. All right. So, Derek, let us know if you're the same Derek on the uh, message boards. Anyway, um, these are high school kids. Yep. And you, you, you have high school or former high school kids. So, you yeah, know. It hurts my heart a little bit. <laughs> but you, you're, you know how these high school kids are. You've been around their friends. You hear overhear their goofy conversations. My wife and I went out for ice cream last night, and we were sitting on the patio. And a group of high school kids came out with you know ice cream also, and we're just listening to conversations and shaking our heads. It's just it just blows your mind with these kids. And then social media, as I've said before, I'm sorry, Twitter, as I said before, is not the social media platform that they use regularly. They only right. use it for recruiting. So you got to take what they what they um what they say with the grain of salt also they don't know how certain things work and they're prone to being tricked into different things but mathematically and you can easily do this by pulling up 247's class calculator something i use very frequently it, all you got to do is go to the um underneath um well you go if you go to ic and then you go underneath the uh football recruiting and you click on where is it class calculator and then you could throw in any recruit in there you could throw in all of the recruits who are left for north carolina to um uh, that are actively recruiting you could throw in alex taylor uh javaris green and jonathan paler and there's really no one else at north carolina is really recruiting but if you want to just kind of throw someone in there randomly also you will have to really get very 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 multiple varies creative in order to get any get north carolina really into the even into the top 15 mm -hmm. just because i mean really where's north carolina? i think they're they were 20th but i know with all of it's this is the time of year where it's hard to kind of let's see so north all right, they're, so they're still 20th and and obviously if they land javaris if they land alex taylor that's going to move them up but you know a lot of these schools that that they will pass you know, Tennessee has 16 commits. Miami has 18. Yeah. Arkansas has 16. Texas, which is behind North Carolina, 14. Oklahoma, behind North Carolina, 14 commits. South Carolina, 13 commits. A lot of these schools don't have a whole lot of commits yet. And once they start adding commits, they're going to pass North Carolina. And so I believe that this class will probably finish very similar to last class, which was what? in the It was still a top 30 class. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so that's where we're looking. North Carolina is not going to come anywhere close to a top 10 class, even if it just absolutely just blows it out of the water, you know, steals Paler, lands Taylor and lands green. And then you throw in some sort of mystery. Crew. I'm not, I don't, I don't believe that there is a mystery crew out there, but if you want to believe that there is one, throw them in there, you know, pull a five, a random five star. It's just not going to get North Carolina up into the top 15. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, it's a numbers game, and the way the system is, the bottom line is for North Carolina fans to worry about is 
the stars and all that stuff matter and perception matters. Don and I've talked about prestige and perception and all that, but I've said before, it's a chicken and egg type thing. You got to win with what you have and you're bringing in guys that you believe can win. Well, that produces wins, that produces more recruits, that produces higher ranked classes and so on and so forth. But North Carolina certainly getting the, the folks they have targeted, Ship and Ziegler, are one of them. Let me ask you this question, and this is something that I don't know if you can answer or not. Uh, Hills 365, what's the reasoning or reason for 247 dropping all the commitments to three stars other than Ziegler? So I haven't exactly looked back, but I do not believe that 247 has dropped them. I think what has happened and what, what you may have noticed is that for whatever reason, 247, and it, it used to be set up to where in most places of the website, when you would go and look at a ranking or whatever, you would see the composite ranking. And then the 247 ranking, which is completely separate, would or I shouldn't say completely separate, is different, is would be secondary, right? And so just for those who don't understand, the composite is basically taking the average of 247's ranking, Rivals ranking, On3's ranking, and ESPN's ranking to... Um, come out with a number and the hope is that when you combine those those four and this is actually a statistical sort of theory or or maybe theory is probably the wrong word a statistical this has been proven when you the more you kind of aggregate together the the more efficient the ranking will be and that's what the composite is is a a combination of those four for whatever reason 247 is starting to more highlight its own rankings and showcase that. And so that's what you're seeing more frequently where you're going throughout the website. So the rankings really hasn't, haven't changed or hasn't changed that much to be completely honest. All of them are basically the, are, are basically the same as what they have been. Although I think they may have done a, an update a couple of weeks ago, but what you've been seeing lately is just, they're just changing the, the website. So, and, 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 you know, just so folks are clear when they're looking at this stuff, if you're on Tar Pit Premium Message Board, you can go to football recruiting and find it there, right? But where you need to be if you're a North Carolina fan is you need to be on the Tar Pit Premium Message Board. The last pinned topic is Don's recruiting board that is updated by Don and Inside Carolina. And if you look at those rankings, and I'm looking at the commitments, um, you still have several four stars in there and that's the composite one yeah is my correct there yeah and, and so that I use is the composite that was yeah. when we first started that's what they were kind of pushing and so I, I i didn't know that they were going to push the 247 much but i kind of like the idea of combining the four i'm not a huge fan of espns i i feel like when i when i look at them they're just i don't know i don't know what they see sometimes but I know that those guys actually watch film and I kind of welcome the um, outside the box thinking on some of it. And I think it's cool. And I think it has a, a good little element, you know, on three, I think does a good job, you know, rivals, they, they definitely try to do a good job. They definitely, anytime they get something right, they definitely will tell you about it. Um, but, uh, but really, you know, and they've done a lot of research on this and yes, it's most of the research is done by two, four, seven themselves, but it, but their rankings end up, you know, and, and they use the, the NFL draft as a grading system. Um, 247s end up being the most accurate. 
So let me ask another question on recruiting, and we're talking with Don Callahan. It is the noon dish. Well, let me do this. Let me do Johnny T-shirt again. If you're in town for the soccer game we talked about earlier, stop by Johnny T-shirt on East Franklin Street. Load them up. Load up all the gear you need. Football season is, like, literally around the corner. Johnny T-shirt takes care of you. And all the gear you need for football season, for tailgating, um, whatever you need. And it's not just football season. They've got everything, basketball jerseys, baseball stuff, NIL stuff, anything you want. Um, they've been great friends of Inside Carolina. They've been great friends of Inside Carolina subscribers because you get 10% off if you do it there. And they're forever having sales plus that 10%. I mean, you can get stuff. It's not free, but it's as close to free and good quality as you can get shopping at Johnny T-Shirt and their Tar Heels there. Alumni owned and operated, been there forever. Um, and check them out in person or online. Great customer service. National guys will pay the bills on the audio version. And don't forget, if you're listening to the audio version later, Don and I on the Malcolm Ziegler commitment will be tacked on after this one. But we'll be right back after a national break. Got a couple more questions for Don on this recruiting stuff we like to talk about on the new dish. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Don Callahan there. I'm Tommy Ashley. It's Inside before, Carolina's new dish. I feel you, like I was a good read, wasn't it? That's what that was a very good read. I was, I was impressed. Um, but we have not... We have not talked about a top five for this podcast, and we're 30 minutes in. Well, you know what I forgot? What? Is, is it top five actresses? Well, we don't have to necessarily do that. We can. I was thinking something would be easy that we can get everybody to do is why don't we do top five home games from a recruit standpoint? Like if you were Pat Suttis, what would be in order the, the home games that you would try to get the most recruits to? So this year, this season, this season, just look at the home games for whatever justification you want to make. Maybe you want it an easy win. Maybe you want a, a competitive game. Maybe you want a, um, you know, a, you know, a great opponent, you know, um, a, a, you know, attractive opponent, whatever it is, top five home games that you want in order. You're tar you're targeting recruits to come to. Top five, yes, sir. Top five North Carolina home games this season. This season. For the big recruiting weekends. If you could decide, rank them from one to five. There's, of course, seven home games, um, you know, with, with Campbell and Duke wrapping up the season in November. Top five home games you want, uh, you would expect to see the most recruits at if, if you were Suttis and the folks that line all that up. All right. Let me get back to the questions. We will go through the top five when we get out of here. Uh, yeah, I lost the one I was going to ask you. Here you go. Preston from Greensboro. 
Don, have you ever thought you knew where a player would commit the day of and were surprised? I, I know one, and you were out in dang on Wizard of Oz territory. Which one? Arthur Brown. Was it Arthur Brown that you went on? I mean, I didn't. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, this was a long time ago. I don't think that we knew. We just thought it was a good enough chance. And at that time, Arthur Brown was the number one recruit. And, you know, it, it just was like this huge deal. So, yeah. And I think I'm sure that the timing of it worked to where there wasn't a whole lot going on. And, you know, Buck and Ben made the call to send me out there. I I didn't know. You know, I mean, you know, so there's a lot of them that a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're going. So that means North Carolina's going to get them. No, that's that just that just means that we don't think North Carolina is not going to get them. You know what I mean? Right. You don't know that it's out of the question. You, you don't yes. know that Carolina Carolina's still in it if you're there. Yeah. Yeah. So but to your point, I mean, that's probably the closest thing because we so I had initially planned I was going to be there. I, I, a day after. And that was going to be, and I had it kind of set up. I was going to spend time with Arthur and his, um, what, what was, I mean, you know, the, the, the negative connotation slang for his handler, but right. it was his, um, I forget the term that was used for him. Anyway, um, I was supposed to hang out with them the next day and then fly out the day after that. But once he picked Miami, I grabbed my, grabbed my recorder off the desk jumped in my rental car called ben and he said yeah let's try to try to you know get you a flight home earlier and that's what i did <laughs> i was able to get a flight earlier so yeah did you see dorothy while you were out there i did not but um the one thing i do remember so we're trying you're, you're trying to maximize being out there and so definitely different you know and so um i noticed you know this was when newspapers were still kind of sort of a thing and I noticed there was no coverage of this announcement. And so I called the sports editor and I was like, hey, just and this is just I'm just completely naive to to this. I'm just like, hey, just wondering why. I mean, is this not a big deal for you guys? I wasn't being I could see how it would come across as disrespectful, like kind of calling him out. And the guy said, first thing we said was, is this off the record or on the record? And I said, well, OK, I just called you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm just anything. calling you. And he's like, I was like, well, what what I mean, what? what do you want? And he said, off the record. I was like, all right. Um, and then he just ripped me about how <laughs> they've been covering this kid for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, you know, and it was unnecessary for them to do a whole lot, you know, on this day, they were going to, they were going to cover it. You know, it's going to be in their newspaper the next day after the announcement and yada, yada, yada. And I was like, look, I've never been, well, uh, yeah, I was like, I've never been to Wichita before. And I'm just, trying to get some, you know, trying to do something to kind of heighten it up. So it was just trying to get some feedback from you guys. So he ultimately did go on the record and um, gave me some quotes about just, you know, what they were thinking, what they were hearing and all this sort of stuff. And we kind of ran that. I don't know if we did a post or whatever it may be, but, um, but yeah, yes, that's, that's the one thing I remember from that. Um. <laughs> so, so look at this follow-up right here. Let me show you something. And you can you, you don't have to uh, comment if you don't want to. That, yeah, no, so, no, that that's not that's the lead into it. Hold on a second. Uh oh. Hold, hold please. Great, great radio here. <laughs> um, well, well the question we got to read the question. What's the feeling they, of Jonathan Paylor? 
So um, <laughs> as of today, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, as of today, that's not the plan. But, you know, this this one just does seem like it's getting a little weird. And I mean, I, I got to feel like it's still South Carolina. And I think that if it's not South Carolina, it would be NC State. But I don't know. It's getting weird. And some of it might just be it might be one of those situations where once the dust settles, he picks South Carolina and we all look back and be like, well, duh, you know what I mean? But like right now, it's just kind of in that moment where I'm sure if he's if he's still if it's still South Carolina, I'm sure that he's feeling like, okay, everybody knows South Carolina. And so I don't have a lot of buzz. So how do I create some buzz? Let me kind of throw out some like whatever to make it seem like that this is not decided. This is not done yet. So um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of these, my focus right now, and this is not like a Bill Pelichick thing, but it really is honest to God truth. My focus right now is the Alex Taylor announcement, which is prior to that one. And, you know, I'll gather Intel leading up to me. It's still what, like two, three weeks away. So there's a lot of time. To be honest, for my that week right there, I do a lot of um, uh, I, li- I like to like just just knock out a bunch of of high school practices, and so so and typically that requires me to you know spend a few days in Charlotte, spend a few days in Greensboro. There's not a outside of Jonathan Paylor, there's not a whole lot of recruits in that central North Carolina area, so I really would not like it would kind of mess up my vibe. <laughs> wow don't mess with don callahan's vibe yeah. no i think the moral of the story here folks is stay tuned yes never know very good very good tommy yes you know we gotta you gotta keep the hype on here let me ask you this is kind of not really direct recruiting but it was something that was a recruiting process km shires asked um, expectations of jacoby criswell to start at arkansas when you were covering that recruitment Mm-hmm. Um, were you surprised he committed to North Carolina or, or how was that recruitment? Um, the Chris Rail recruitment, we'll have a, 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 let's go back. Yeah. So, um, I'm, yeah, so I'm trying to remember back. So we actually, he, first of all, an absolutely awesome kid, absolutely awesome kid. He actually initiated, um, contact with me way back when it first started his recruitment first started, let me know that he was going to UNC's big junior day event, which I believe was the Duke basketball game, I think. And, um, you know, that kind of set up my antennas because I I was aware of him, but that immediately says, okay, this is a major target. If they invited him to, to this. And then, so I double checked and I was told that he was a major target. And then, and when, and I think they offered him shortly thereafter, um, it was always awesome to deal with. And then didn't he come? I shouldn't be asking you this. I should know this. Uh, no, I, I have a terrible memory, but if I remember correctly, he committed, took official, took official visit to North Carolina or, or took an official visit to Arkansas and then one to North Carolina. And, um, and it was Arkansas. If I remember, this was kind of late in the process. I'm trying to pull up, um, Chriswell, I'm sorry, was not and was not anticipating this being the topic. To be completely honest, hey, you got to. Uh, I mean, you got to be able um, to roll on the fly. 
if it was um and and if i'm it's slowly coming back to me because as i said terrible memory and it was when Pittman was hired and and arkansas wasn't recruiting him and then Pittman was hired and um that's when arkansas got involved because they needed a quarterback let's see all right um okay so yeah so he committed so he committed yeah so okay all right so yes so this is back when official visits were taking place in december he committed to north carolina in june and then he took if i remember correctly i don't have this in my notes which is terrible but i remember he, he took an official to arkansas and then took one to north carolina and then I remember talking to him after that North Carolina official visit, and he was like, "Well, duh, yeah, I'm going to stick with North Carolina. This is, you know, yeah, it's not even it's the the official visit. Arkansas is not on, or maybe he just visit Arkansas." Well, Eric Miller in chat says Chad Morris's kid was committed there as a that's quarterback. That's right. That's right. And Chad Morris. That's right. And then Chad Morrison was. That's why Arkansas didn't mess with him. And then and then so once Morrison was was uh, fired, Pittman came in. They needed a quarterback. Yeah, and so they got involved, but it was too little, too late. Longo Desavis a really strong relationship with Chriswell and his family, and but I remember him remember talking to him after the UNC official visit, and he was like, "Yeah, of course, I'm sticking with North Carolina." It was almost like matter of factly sort of thing. Right. Interesting. As far as what happens at Arkansas now, I, I'm be I'll be freely honest. I have no idea, nor do I spend a ton of brain power. You want to see? guys that were North Carolina Tar Heels go, you want to see what kind of success or not that they have when they go somewhere else um, out of curiosity, out of um, sort of analyzing the development process um, where the hit or misses when they were at Carolina. Um, you know, if you see a guy that came in highly ranked at Carolina and he transfers out and goes to a drops down a level or whatever, you know, that's something that's always interesting to me, but, as far as what they do afterwards, you know, I think the general consensus for Carolina fans should be: you wish them health, wish them success, um, and I and I know that's what they they want to happen um, within the building. Is those guys were part of the family; they go on somewhere else. You wish them success, um, but you move on with what you've got. Don, this has been a fun show, and there's some new people in here. Shout out to Lewis Bass, a newbie in the Noon Dish. Appreciate you joining us. Um, but if you haven't had an opportunity to get your top five, top five home games this season, the 2023 season, that if you were in charge of recruiting, would you want the recruits to be at um, or to be at that game? So list your top five games. I can tell you that it appears that Miami is running away, um, and it makes sense because that's probably the best home game on the schedule. Miami is running away um, with the lead at the moment. But, Don, any other uh, – you mentioned Alex Taylor's commitment. Uh, what else is coming up on the – you know, this – when we get back together next week, mm -hmm. what might we be talking about news-wise um, that could go down this week? Anything on your radar? Yeah, I don't think – I don't think there's a whole lot. I think we're kind of – you know, July is the month for announcements, and beyond that, it's – it's pretty there's not a whole lot going on recruiting wise no visits until the very end of the month and that's only for like less than a week so so really between now and then you know you always got to expect the unexpected but between now and then i don't anticipate anything 
happening that we will talk about on next Wednesday, but that will be the Wednesday prior to Alex Taylor's announcement. So I'm sure that we will get into that a whole lot. Yeah, that'll be the big one to watch, of course. And and let me ask you, Don, from a a recruiting standpoint, and I see a lot, you know, I've paid attention a lot more since I've been doing these with you. And I've got, you know, guys hitting me up or Twitter or social media following and all that kind of stuff. But if I'm a high school recruit right now, and I don't have the offers that I want, and I'm going into, and I'm a 2024 guy, what am I doing now? What can I do now other than just ball out in my senior season to sort of help me? You know, what's that process for a young man who maybe feels like he's overlooked and hasn't got the offers he wants? I mean, is there any, I guess camp season's open, over, because yeah. high school seasons are come. Yeah. Um, you know, so, how many kids get noticed now yeah, for, for their, their coming class? For Power 5, especially major Power 5 schools, that door is all but closed. You know, maybe you get into a situation where you can rely on a really good senior season to maybe catch on with a, with a coaching staff who is now filling, who or a school that just fired their coach and maybe there, maybe that depletes their commitment list, and then opens some opportunities up for their new coaching staff to to try to look at you. But really, beyond that, I mean, you're looking at lower level schools, group of five schools, and you know, beyond that, which is great if you can get your college paid for, then then do it. Um, there's no shame in playing for a group of five school. There's no shame in playing playing for an FCS school. So, uh, but if your dream is to play at a power five school it's probably best to, I mean, still keep plugging along and doing what you got to do, but you probably need to shift your focus a little bit more and more of your conversations more to, you know, group of five schools and, and FCS schools. Yeah. The process in some and Jeff in the chat said, try for a preferred walk-on explain sort of the process of preferred walk-ons um, for a school like Carolina, but other schools do it as well. Uh, and what exactly, and I think we may have talked about this several weeks ago, but what exactly um, does that process look like from a college perspective and then from a kid's perspective? So most, most walk-ons are not, and there are exceptions, okay? But most walk-ons are not like, if, if we were going to list it in tiers and you say power five guy, group of five guy, FCS guy, division two guy, division three guy, most walk-ons fall into that division two, maybe FCS territory. Because then from a scholarship standpoint, you might not be getting any money or you might not be getting, um, you might be getting not a lot of money especially if it's an out-of-state school to where it's going to offset, you might as well just stay for an in-state, if, it's in, if North Carolina's in-state. So, um, so yeah, so that's what, and that's what that kind of, I mean, so it's not like North Carolina or whatever school may be are offering preferred walk-on opportunities to guys who would otherwise go to a group of five schools. Now, there are situations where a kid just wants to play for school, and if they cannot get a scholarship, they're going to try to walk on. Yes, it happens. The other, I guess, um, special situation is specialists. A lot of programs still will not offer a specialist at all, 
or won't offer a specialist out of high school. They require them to earn the scholarship on campus in practice and that sort of thing. And so that's a completely different ball game. North Carolina actually just picked up a preferred walk on long snapper in-state kid um, from uh, Cannon school. Um, I think it was a week or two ago. And so he'll come in with the, his hope is to, you know, earn that scholarship sort of thing. And, and that's same for kickers, a lot of kickers. Now, if you're an elite guy, you know, North Carolina's obviously putting a scholarship guy, um, a kicker from um, Woodbury Forest. So there's those situations, but they m- most likely will bring in a couple other specialists, including some kickers to, for depth and, and for competition purposes. Yeah. And you mentioned a long snapper. Those dudes are worth their weight in gold uh, to have somebody that's solid and do it both. Um, and, and then you look at, you know, people have made a lot of money in the pros being able to snap the yeah. ball on time and with accuracy and, and speed and all. So interesting take there. Um, you know, one one player I want to point out, it's not a Carolina football player, but Sydney Barker on the basketball team, the women's basketball team. She could have gone and played somewhere else, but she mm-hmm. was um, hell-bent on playing for Carolina and Courtney Bankhart. It's worth reading that story um, if you get an opportunity to step out of the football uh, men's basketball realm and check out that and you know, she can play and she's walking on to Carolina over opportunities to play elsewhere. How often does that happen um, on, on college football level for what somebody can go somewhere else, uh-huh. but they, they, they have scholarship offers elsewhere, but they say, no, you mentioned earlier, maybe they're just, yeah, dying I don't, it doesn't team. from a percentage standpoint, it doesn't happen very often. Now, I'm sure everyone's like, well, what about this guy? What about this guy? You got to remember those situations stick out in your head. So it makes it seem like they happen more frequently frequently than they really do. And the reason why I know this, and this is a good segue to what I was about to get to, is that every year for the past, I don't know how many years, I've been doing the the meet the walk-ons, which is you know a segment that I run in July. So that maybe next week we run it, um, but we will definitely run it this month. And... I could tell you that, you know, I go through, do some research on, on all those guys and that the majority of them, as I said, are either specialist or they're kind of those guys who had maybe some D2 offers, maybe some FCS opportunities, but very rarely is it a kid who has some legit offers um, from like power five schools. And, and sometimes, you know, if it's a kid who has some power five offers, usually those opportunities no longer exists, which kind of forced them to consider the 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 um the walk on route to begin with. But to um to kind of bring it back, um you know we'll um we'll kind of break down the the new preferred walk ons in um in soon on Inside Carolina. Yeah, and folks are mentioning Cole Holcomb in the chat is probably one of the. Thomas Smith, there's a thread on the message board about him as well. Guys that have walked on, had major success, and Cole Holcomb, um, you know, is, is big time for the Redskins, or excuse me, the Commanders now. Um, or I guess he's with the Steelers, Scott. Dude, I struggle. I struggle with both the um, Commanders and uh, Guardians. Guardians, yes. The yes. Other, yesterday, I was we were watching the Phillies game, and the guy wanted it the guardians on the next TV. I was like, I had to, Oh, that's right. Indians. That, that's a, that's an interesting play on words that they use there. Anyway, 
the Washington Commanders, Cole Holcomb was a big part of. Now yeah. I guess he's with the Steelers. It's tough to keep up with. Um, Don, it's about time to move on to the yes. top five list. Are, are we at that point? Are we finished yes. with everything recruiting-wise? I think so. We covered a lot of different things. Yeah, so More before, than I anticipated. But. Yeah, before I get off of that, let me make sure everybody has taken the opportunity to check out all of Don's work with the ship commitment. Uh, the story up on Malcolm Ziegler's UNC journey comes full circle. Um, from the uh, you know the military homecoming that they put on in Keenan uh, Stadium several years back um, to him being committed to North Carolina and then Jordan Ship, you know that, that was a pretty cool day. If you haven't watched those videos, Don and I, along with John Bowman, talked after there as Don and John were on a bench outside of Ship School, and we had Ship and his coach Chad Greer. Um, just a good show to pay attention to. And, and check out the audio of the Ziegler one after this show. Don, top five high school, or excuse me, college football games on North Carolina's home schedule that would be the best for a recruiting weekend. You ready? Yes. You want to throw them up there? I've got a ton, so we'll start okay. at the top. Slee Rat, top five home games. Uh, Miami, Syracuse, Duke, Minnesota, App State. And just for the record, Campbell and Virginia are the other ones out here. KM Shires uh, didn't give me an order, but we'll go in this app. And only give three. Come on, KM Shires. Five. Yeah, top five. Top five. Derek Morrison, Miami, App State, Minnesota, Duke, and Virginia. And and I think it's an interesting you mentioned this when you were talking about this top five is it is a big game, but it's also if you're having a monster recruiting weekend, you want your team to win that game as well. Yeah. So there's a balance. So like yeah. back in the day when Texas came to Carolina or when Oklahoma, we talked about that a while back, Oklahoma, you know, I talked with Mark May when the Sooners came, you don't want to have a monster recruiting day and then you get your lunch handed to you by the opponent's team. That, well, I think it, is- I think, yeah, you don't want your lunch handed to you, but, I, um, but I will say, when I think it was the last time Clemson came to town with Lawrence and the atmosphere UNC, was off the chart. Yes. UNC lost, but I think from a recruiting standpoint, that was awesome. And actually yeah. that was the game that Drake may actually credits for flipping his mindset about North Carolina, which ultimately led to his commitment switch from Alabama to UNC. Yeah. Great point there. Uh, you can lose the game, but you got to show something. Yeah. You don't want to get blown out. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get raced. That atmosphere would be killed quickly. Yes. Um, we could do top five football atmospheres in Keenan Stadium ever, but I doubt you're going to be able to yeah. – you might just be an observer on that one. I've got a bunch on there. Although there are a couple, obviously the uh, that Geo game and then um, game. the the first uh, Zero Dark Thursday, or the six in my mind. That was epic. I, I went to that as a fan Yeah, loved it. Yeah, and the way they lost that one sort of summed up the previous era yeah. there. And then Miami, um, I guess in 19, um, with the pass to Daz Newsom, that yeah. was off the charts. That that Twitter video that somebody posted is one of the best videos of Carolina football atmosphere of what it was and what it can be on a, on a game-by-game basis. Mm-hmm. That would be on every highlight tape. Anyway, Sean Crowley, Crowley, Crowley. Top five home games, Miami, Duke, App, Crow- Virginia, and Crowley. Minnesota. He said Crowley. Yeah. Like, 
Preston from Greensboro. Oh, we're going backwards. You make it difficult. Yeah, that's we can do that. <laughs> Syracuse, Minnesota, Virginia, App State, and number one, Miami. See, Miami's going to be the number one thing here. Miami, okay. Duke, Hills 365, Miami, Duke, App, Minnesota, and Virginia. Hunter drops in Miami, number one, Duke, App, Virginia, and Cuse, three. Allen Minton, Miami, Duke, App, Cuse, and Virginia. Money Mark. Miami Duke at Minnesota Syracuse. And there's a lot more coming in as well. And I'll get to them. But let me ask you, what what for you? You mm-hmm. cover recruiting all all the time. What do you think um would be the biggest game for North Carolina? Yeah, so I would go with Miami too. And here's the reason why. One, it's Miami. It's gonna it's gonna be a game that recruits are gonna want to go to. Also, it's a winnable game. And so I I'm like everybody else. Miami has always been one of the most talented teams in the nation for decades. But for the past however many decades, a decade or two, um, that talent hasn't been able to transition to wins and losses. So hopefully that's not the case this season, too, for North Carolina. And this is a a win over a team that people are going to view as a, as a good program. And so that's what you want your recruits to go to. Do you want me to just give you mine? Yeah, give me yours. So Miami's so, number one. Miami's number one for me because of those reasons. Winnable game, but it'll be a good atmosphere. It's a good opponent. It's a well-known opponent. Number two, I have Duke. Just because, you know, it's the football rivalry is nowhere close to the basketball rivalry, but it is a big game. The the, the bell afterwards, so hopefully you want you want to win. Um, but the getting the bell afterwards, I think, kind of contributes to the atmosphere and it's homecoming also, which I think you got to play into. So there'll be a lot of other activities going on on campus that you want the recruits to see. Then I, I struggle a little bit. So I went UVA, another kind of rival. Definitely UNC should whack them pretty well. Um, although blowing another team out doesn't always give you the best atmosphere. It's great. You know, you'd rather be the one whacking than the one being whacked. But you'll see if that gets ugly really early, like I think, you'll see kids living at halftime, which you don't want. Um, and um, and then I, I guess I went I went Syracuse for four. You know, an ACC team, not a lot of hype. My main thing is this. So, well, one, Campbell is going to be boring. You UNC will have a lot of recruits there, but they won't be a whole lot of, like, big-time targets, especially since it's – later on in the season. So they'll probably invite a lot of like groups, you know, like a high school team, bring all your recruits sort of thing, you know? So you'll see a lot of groups there, but uh, the, the two other games app and Minnesota, I feel like are dangerous games because app, as we saw last year, as we've seen recently can beat North Carolina, even though app has never, never signed a four-star recruit app always punches above his weight class and you don't want you know you don't want recruits there to witness you losing to a team that's far uh inferior to you right minnesota i feel like is is you know i I imagine that there could be i I haven't i haven't done a whole lot of research for this season to be honest but minnesota is a very good team very good program and that could kind of fit into the same category where a lot of people are going to go, come into this thinking that no, this is going to be an easy win for North Carolina. They're traveling so far, yada, yada. Minnesota doesn't have this great – this. well, I think they do actually have some national championships like in the early 1900s sort of thing. <laughs> but beyond that, 
doesn't have this great tradition. But recently, you know, they've been um, they've been pretty good. And so I don't think a lot of people, if you don't, if you're not like a diehard college football fan, like, you know, like me, watch all the games you possibly can. You might not understand how good they are. And I'm sure some recruits aren't going to understand how good they are. They come in and they see North Carolina lose to a team that they're not expecting to lose might not be all that great. So those, those are the, I know I gave six, but those are the two. I I just wanted to point out those are two I I feel like are danger games to bring recruits to just because of some of the unpredictability in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can certainly see the Minnesota game being an overlooked one. They did lose a fair amount off that team last year. Um, there should be no overlooking app state given, uh, last year. And then a couple of years ago in Kenan stadium, um, Miami's got to be the game as far as what you want. But I, I agree with you that Duke, even though it's late in the season, that's going to be a good atmosphere, especially if both teams' uh, record is what you know folks hope and want them to be. Because I think Duke's going to be pretty good as well. Let me throw up one last question before we get out of here. Well, we need your top five. I just gave it to you, Miami. Oh, okay, I, okay, my bad. I would say Miami's number one. Okay. The lateness of the sea in the season hurts the Duke aspect of it, but I think okay. Duke would be number two just on its face. And then I think App State. I mean, there's going to be a ton of App State fans in there. That'll be that'll be an interesting deal. Yeah, that's the other thing is that there's going to be a lot of App State fans in there. And if things go off the tracks, you don't want recruits to see App State fans rooting on App yeah. State in Keenan Sam. Now you don't have to worry about that with Minnesota. Yeah, that, yeah, but I, I mean, I think if North Carolina handles business, App should not. Um, it, it should not be a game like it was last year, which that atmosphere, I don't know how many people went to that game, but good gracious, that atmosphere was amazing up there. And then Q's in Virginia, I'd probably say Virginia simply because it's more of a traditional rival and, yeah. and not many people down this way care about Syracuse football a lot, even though, you know, they've been decent. Um, so that's what I would, you know, Campbell, like you mentioned, that's going to be bring everybody. Um, join us for the family fun game. You know, so Miami definitely number one. Last mm-hmm. question for the show, and this is a good one. Might earn him MVP. Oh boy, is, is this one, Don? What do you think plays more importance in selecting the right recruiting weekend for a school? The date, a winnable opponent, or the name of the opponent? I think the date's a big deal, especially with a December signing period. Yeah. Um... Well, keep in mind, so the recruits that you're bringing in aren't going to be 24 recruits. I mean, they, they, will, right. they will come, so it will be 25s is the most – the guys are going to make the most impact. But what I will say, to your point, that kids are super excited. They'll have this whole schedule mapped out where they're going every weekend, and then midway through, they start to get worn down. Like all this traveling on Saturdays after not getting home until – after midnight on on friday because they played a high school football game and they're beat up and all that sort of stuff and then the you know it's a, it's expensive especially if you're going to a lot of different schools and that, that wears on a family also so what you tend to see is that that the, the first few games end up being the the most attended by a recruit standpoint and later on that's why the campbell having the campbell late is not that big of a deal from a recruiting standpoint because you probably weren't going to get as many kids as you would early on, you know? Um, but to answer the question, I think, I think the name of the opponent that, that that's what I look at. 
you know, I think the Miami thing, you know, the whole reason why is because it's Miami. You know what I mean? And we can talk about how bad Miami is and all this sort of stuff. But we talk about prestige. The prestige of Miami is still there no matter how bad they've been the, the past, you know, decade plus. That prestige is there. And on top of that, they are very beatable for North Carolina. North Carolina should be favored in that game. Yeah, unless... Carolina's owned them in MAC 2.0. Yeah. So Yeah, so and like I mentioned, yeah, the atmosphere for that game – um, in the first year was, you know, it was up there for Keenan Stadium in games I've ever been to. Maybe maybe that moment when that touchdown pass was thrown and caught in that fourth down conversion, maybe maybe the top, definitely top two or three um, especially. And I think the Duke game's underrated as well when Chaz Surratt intercepts the pop pass from the running back, one of the dumbest play calls this side <laughs> of um, Pete Carroll throwing a pass against the Patriots. Anyway, Don, anything left before we get out of here? It's been a great day. It's been a fun show. It's a quick hour and six minutes, man. It flies with you. Um, shout out to all the people that joined us. Anything left for next week um, for us to to tease for next week or anything on the site? And if folks haven't no. checked out the Ziegler story, go check yeah, it out. Yeah, the Ziegler story, which was – I'm sure you, you didn't get a chance to read because it, it literally, literally was posted right before. But – um. That's a great story. Definitely check that out. It's free. I believe it's free. So if you're not a premium subscriber, it gives you a taste of what you could potentially get from our premium content. You know, we'll have a couple more items, I think, from this past uh, weekend with the uh, with the um, commitments. And then, um, yeah, and then coming up at some point, we'll have the, the meet the walk on. So if that's something that truly interests you and if you're like a huge diehard and really get into the roster stuff, that's uh that that should interest you we'll have that next week we should ish next week ish ish. i hate to say when because then if things change because initially it was supposed to run on tuesday this past tuesday well you never know what happens there's a lot there's a lot like i told you there have you ever seen a duck and then have you seen under the water of a duck and feet are going like crazy but the duck seems calm on top so Anyway, shout out to Taylor Vipolis's mailbag. It's up. New Players Lounge is up. Vip and I did with DeAndre Boykins. Of course, Bucks column every day. This this show, just tons of stuff on Inside Carolina and on the premium boards. And then we ain't even talked about the basketball side where Sherelle, Sean, Joey kill it on Coast to Coast and all of that work. Um, Sean and Sherelle have been nailing it on the recruiting aspect of it. Anyway, that's Don Callahan. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. I talked about them earlier. Go check them out one way or another. Um, rate us, review us, subscribe, leave us feedback on the boards, whatever you want. We're in the business of trying to make happen. Um, if you're going to the soccer game tonight in Kenyon stadium, that grass is not staying. That grass will be removed after the soccer game. Um, so don't get your hopes up. If you're a grass first person, Don Callahan, I appreciate it. My friend, we'll talk soon. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go, Don C. You ready to roll? We are live. Look at there. The man, the man is everywhere. Welcome into Inside Carolina Live Reaction. Malcolm Ziegler, Fuquay Verena Safety, four-star in-state young man commits to North Carolina. Live in the Bengals basketball arena. Don is now in the football stadium. Boy, it's been a long time since I've been over there. Last time I was there, I saw Chester McLaughlin beat up on Fuquay um, way back in the day. But Don looks like a hot one out there. Just sort of set the scene for us today in Fuquay. Yeah, so we had – well, can I get with my complaint real quick? Can What's I go the, to there? Can you start with a complaint? So a lot of this whole setup is because I had to find an outlet, which isn't the easiest thing in a football stadium – all because some jerk stepped on my cord during the stream. And, you know, I mean, my computer's been on forever. And so I don't want my computer to die while we are. I mean, it's not charging now. I don't want it to die while we um, are out here. So, well, um, we will get this knocked out. If it dies, it dies. Uh, to quote a Rocky thing or something like that. I think that was a familiar one. Joey Powell's in the chat. I'm sure he can let me know. Uh, how bad I mangled that quote. Don, Malcolm Ziegler commits to Carolina. Um, another in-state guy, another defensive back, a safety, Charlton Warren doing work for the Tar Heels. Just sort of break down um, what this commitment sort of means for North Carolina, and then we'll get into the details with Ziegler himself. So the main thing, I think, I mean, there's a lot of elements to it because he's an in-state guy, and he's a highly ranked in-state guy. I think 247 has him in easily in the top 10. And so, as you know, you know, for being honest, North Carolina hasn't had super success in state the past two classes. And some of that is because the classes have been down. But, you know, to get a kid who is, I think he's number five, you know, in state is huge. And then he's a kid who has had some success in high school. I think he had like five interceptions returned, like, uh, or I think it was six interceptions returned four four touchdowns and then like the other two he was tackled right at the end zone sort of thing just kind of speaks to just you what he the potential that's there for him um but you kind of match up his track and his length i mean he's a legit 6'2 when you see him and he's super long he's longer than that 6'2 would suggest so the ceiling is certainly there for him to um to to get even better and, and and to be a great player for North Carolina. I mean, there's a reason why he's a four star ranking because he definitely has the measurables to eventually be drafted in the NFL. Yep, six two one ninety eight ish, and I and I watched him walking around a little bit before the announcement. He's a big young man. He's a lot bigger than some of these guys in high school. Uh, you see these measurements, and you're like, eh. Well, he looks to be every bit of that six two. Don, you mentioned the the ranking one ninety two or so nationally, four star composite and on 24 seven. I know a lot of people have been talking about 24 seven rankings on inside Carolina. Um, a 90. It's overall. like they just discovered them. I know really. It's like, 
Well, it's because 247 has started to kind of flip to that, and people are kind of shocked. But Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Ziegler and his recruitment, um, clearly in Fuquay, not very far from Chapel Hill. But just sort of what do you think sort of turned the tide for North Carolina? And then I want to ask you about the other schools that were in the mix. Yeah, I think North Carolina, whether they were the leader or not, was always the team to beat for him. Um, and I think South Carolina definitely put up a, a strong battle. I didn't ask him this, but it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of gave the hint, at least some of the, the word around, is that he basically kind of hinted at South to South Carolina that that's where he was going. And he definitely hinted towards North Carolina that that's where he's going also because I think there was legitimately – some um you know it was it was a battle between the two schools notre dame i think in hindsight wasn't as big of a of a factor as um as i was kind of thinking it could have been just because the academics and everything i think location proximity to home was a big deal for him so going that far away just kind of eliminated notre dame but he went out there just to see just to be just in case sort of situation but um i think ultimately you know you know, as I said, North Carolina was a team to beat, and some of it, and we'll, we're actually going to have some, I guess, some background on the situation with um, when he was 10 years ago. So I guess he was like seven or eight years old when his father came back from the military. You know, the family did something with, with, with UNC during a football game. We actually have photos of it where they did the whole, like, your father has a message for you, and then surprise, your dad is here sort of thing. Obviously, that just sits in with, um, you know, with, with a kid, especially at that age, you know, haven't seen your father in a very long time. And then also I think with his mom who had to, with, in, with setting that up, dealt with uh, Rick Steinbacher to kind of help facilitate the whole, the whole um, arrangement. And Rick is still at North Carolina. So, and then you'll notice, and I didn't connect it until just recently, there are photos of the family and and um, of Malcolm with Rick, and you think, why? This is strange because Rick typically doesn't take photos with the recruits, but that's the connection. And so I think it may, it was going to be difficult for any school to overcome such a huge advantage. But then you throw in Charlton Warren, who is a guy who has a military background, which they didn't mention. But you got to think that the family that that resonated with the family also. And then I think, like I said, the proximity played a big role too. Certainly a comfort factor there. Question from the chat, um, and I don't know if it's a question you can answer, but Rick Miner asked, was the Notre Dame offer committable? We've talked about committable and non-committable offers a long time um, on various recruits, but Ziegler had Notre Dame up there on the podium if if I, my eyes did not deceive me. Yes. Uh, so just talk a little bit about – um, that you said that location and all that stuff was an issue or could have been an issue, but it's safe to say a guy ranked this highly, his offers were there, um, and were available. Yeah. So I think you, we'll never know for certain. And I'm sure if you ask Notre Dame now, they're going to say it wasn't committable. Uh, I think that the official visit kind of, you know, official visits nowadays, especially with the unlimited official visits that are about to happen or have already happened for recruits, each school gets 56 official visits. And there's no exception. There's no waiver you can get to get more official visits from the NCAA. And so if you're going to use an official visit on a kid, there's a very good chance that you want that kid, you know, because 
you're not going to get that back if you need it later on in, in the uh, season. So I think, I think I would probably side with the fact that the Notre Dame offer was definitely committable. Obviously, the South Carolina one was committable because there, there were some South Carolina reporters there uh, covering the announcement. And I know that they were very interested in, in what he was going to do you know, in the weeks leading up to it. Yeah, there was a fair amount of South Carolina folks in the uh, Inside Carolina live chat or in the YouTube chat, um, which is always fun when you get other people there. Don Callahan live at Fuquay Verena High School at the football concession stand. Don, I need a, a hot dog and some popcorn. And I some wish. I need jack. some water. There's definitely this is not open. His coach just drove past, so you know I can't make any promises. This is not the setup that we had last time. But um, if he walks past here, I might be able to grab him. Maybe we'll get him on, on here for a little bit. No yes. promises. Snag him. And now tell me this, and somebody earlier in the chat asked, and I think it was Mark Williams asked, um, who was everybody that spoke early there? It looked like they had uh, the town of Fuquay. Like I said, it's a big deal. <laughs> it's, the, it's a big deal for you know these young kids to commit to schools. And also, who all spoke? Because yeah, the I microphone think it's a- there was hit or miss. Okay, so um, obviously the athletic director, his coach spoke, his position coach, who is very is not just his position coach, he's very active with helping kids with recruiting and that sort of thing. Um, and then they had the the youth program that he's part of. Um, and as I mentioned, I don't know if I mentioned again today, um, this is like five minutes from my house. And so the Strong Center, which he played for football-wise, my daughter is part of that from the basketball side. So I'm very familiar with that. And then um, – Another family that he's really close to, they spoke. His mom obviously spoke. And then, yeah, the town of, of uh, Fuquay Verena had a representative who was speaking. And I think really got to understand the difference between today and yesterday. Yesterday, big city Charlotte is a completely different situation. Here, you, you know, Providence Day has held, I think, three announcements. Or this, Yesterday's announcement was the third one that they, they held this year. For Fuquay, they haven't held one. I mean, the last recruit that I can remember Fuquay having was Sean Underwood, who ended up in North Carolina back in the Butch Davis days. So so Fuquay, this is a big deal for Fuquay. It's a big deal not just for the school, but the town. And, you know, for the football um, system, for the younger kids as they grow up, you know, to have a kid like that, to be able to produce that sort of kid. So this is this is big. It's a little bit different than what we saw yesterday. I, I must laugh. Um Music note says, Don, I need water. Tommy says, if he dies, he dies. Don Callahan lives. I'm actually more worried about, so I, so my computer says 25 minutes, which probably means 10. Well, we're going to get it. If Don disappears, I can wrap the show, talk about Johnny T-shirt, and point everybody to Wednesday um, when we come to the noon dish. Let me ask you a couple more of these questions sure. in the chat. Uh, Preston from Greensboro, regular, of course. And, and folks, if you want these questions answered, ask them. Um, I'll, I'll be glad to read most anything. Could he grow into a linebacker or does he still project as a safety only? Yeah, 6'2", I, 198. That's, that, that's a, that's yeah, a Cam I, Chancellor type safety. I think nowadays we're so advanced with, with the rankings and all that, that whatever he's projected, that the chances of that's what he's playing is very, very high. You know, there's, a lot that, there's a lot more research we, that those who do the evaluations have gone into. And so – that's not that's not the plan whatsoever for Malcolm. You know, in reality, he actually plays cornerback more than safety at his high school. So um, he's you know, so so that's if you're looking at the spectrum of defensive players, he's on the opposite end of that when it comes to athleticism 
and coverage abilities and that sort of thing. So if anything, he's a guy who could play some cornerback in certain situations and move to safety, you know, so, but I mean, it's, we're dealing with high school kids, you know, who knows how he grows up. So, you know, how he develops and all that. So yeah, it's not out of the question, but that's not the plan at all. No one's even talking about that. This is a kid who's going to come in as a safety. And if anything, he'll see some time, you know, at, uh, at cornerback. Daryl Bullock asks, is he the fastest athlete so far in this recruiting class now? And I, and let me preface this part. We talked to Nate McCollum a couple of weeks ago and Nate, and I'm not stealing his quote, but he said he could take Tez Walker on occasion, maybe, and then he laughed. So, how fast is Malcolm Ziegler? How how true? What true speed is Malcolm Ziegler? So he, he actually, I'm going to. It's probably better for you to pull this up, Tommy. But I mean, he's a legit track kid, and he. Um, let's see. I don't want to mess to... up the duct tape and the pencil yeah, sticks. Yeah, and so and, and so he has put up some pretty track. impressive. All right, so I have it. I'm looking now. Let's see. Let's see. Or hopefully it didn't get pulled out. Okay, so maybe it got pulled out. Yeah, so um, I'm not seeing it now. Um, we had it in in the one story. This is so I don't know off the top of my head. I know it was a sub 11 second 100 yard dash, which is pretty impressive in itself. But for a kid who's six two, two hundred pounds, that's just absolutely mind blowing. Um, so, so yeah, so he is legit speed as far as the rest of the class. I'm trying to think in my head, I can't think of anybody who has your know, speed that has been verified through track or a 40 yard dash that, uh, you know, Evan says 10, uh, 1076. Well, look right here. Right. And then we have somebody chiming in and says he, he, he seems a bit slow on tape. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, to be honest, that was probably why certain schools kind of pulled away were because they, they were like, well, yes, great. He runs this track time. He has good size. I don't see it on tape, you know? And so you and, you know, UNC is saying we'll pull that out of him. He has, you know, we, we, he has the straight line speed. We'll pull that out of him. Um, And so, so yeah, but I mean, from a, from a right now, raw speed, I can't think of a guy who's committed to North Carolina that we can say is is faster than and maybe I'm forgetting about somebody. Yeah, someone 90. mentioned the uh, comparable. Yeah, I wouldn't compare him to to Connolly. Connolly, Connolly was one of my all time favorite recruits. Just an absolute monster. Go back and look at some of just his game highlights. He had that one game where he scored like eight touchdowns. You know, like five different ways or whatever it was. Connolly was an absolute monster and a freak of an athlete. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put that on. Um, on uh on malcolm a little, little early for that a little early for yeah that. carolina 93 and i'm still we, we got to talk about this name it's kind of like taking somebody's number carolina 93 has always been my gamer tag actually don of all the db recruits are they being told they could play any of the three positions star corner or safety or is that just specific to certain so, athletes so most of it is they're given like a primary position and then in many, not all the instances, they're giving a secondary position. So in Malcolm's situation, they're saying safety. They've also mentioned a little bit of star. You know, take like Ty White. They're saying you're a star, but if that doesn't work out, we're going to play you at safety. You know, Connolly is a cornerback who could potentially play star sort of thing. Tyler Woods, and this is the last question I see. So if you've got some questions for Don Callahan. Yeah, you I'm probably going to have to shut off here before it dies on us. 
Well, we're going to let you out because we don't need you running off stage having a heat stroke like a country singer did this past week. I'm good weekend. now that I'm underneath the uh, <laughs> the shade. To be honest. Can you see me sweating? Is yeah, I mean, get the man a towel, somebody said. Uh, legit 6'2". Oh, I, have, I have some water in the car with ice in it. I, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. So wait a minute. I filled you it up with ice with a little bit of water. It's going to be great when I get in my car. You drove. You said it's five minutes from your house. You, you're burning gas and polluting the polluting the ozone. <laughs> should I have walked? Yeah, you should have walked over. Got your steps in. <laughs> Look, uh, Tyler Woods compares him to maybe Deontay Williams played at Carolina. I, I, yeah, I don't ago. mind that. I don't mind that um, too much. Um, yeah, I don't mind that too much of a comparison. I think that might, might not be a bad one. That's going back there. Some of the people who just started following recruiting recently probably can't recall back that. I mean, because that's like. 2010 Music City Bowl when he broke his leg. So it was before that. That was in the heyday of the Butch era. Yeah. Well, and he was actually, he actually committed to Bunning. So he he transitioned through there and somebody said White Oak down in Jacksonville, my memory serves. Yep. And um, he actually, I actually spoke to him. Um, We got reconnected on LinkedIn and we were messaging back and forth. So he's, he's actually living in Charlotte doing some work there, which is pretty cool. So interesting thing. You need to get him on the show, man. Have him come on the show. All right, we'll have to. A lot has gone on since that time when he was at Carolina. Um, Don, anything left on the Ziggler commitment? Let me let me highlight your work. There's a there's a Q and A up. There's a story up. Um, of course, the announcement was live, and you've got all sorts of other content on it through the recruiting on the Tar Pit Premium message board. So again, folks, if you're on here and you're not a Tar Pit Premium message board person, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I mean, we, we'll hot. have probably later this week, we'll have a little bit of background on the military welcoming home event that, that his family was a part of that UNC hosted 10 years ago. That That's pretty cool. Probably remember that. That's one of those tear jerk moments where, you know, they, they reunite families in Kenya stadium and everybody's, everybody's crying and watching. I, that's, that's cool. Can't wait for that story. Um, sort of an inside the commitment type story from Don Callahan. Don, last question for you. I'm going to let you get out of there. That official visit weekend of June 23rd, um, has Mac Brown and North Carolina staff had a as successful weekend as that one has turned out to be for a recruiting class? Can you remember? <laughs> you know uh, I have on, a terrible man. memory. I just know for this <laughs> class that, that this that weekend has has – done pretty well for North Carolina. I think we have Staley who ended up at Tennessee. I feel like there was someone else who might have ended up somewhere else, but all the rest of the guys so far have ended at North Carolina. Alex Taylor is obviously the big one that's out there. So is Javaris Green, who is about a month away from making his announcement. So, um, so I mean, it, it has worked out well for North Carolina. But one thing I'm kind of looking back and seeing that I'm noticing is a lot of these kids – Whoever they visit last, you know, whether you know, look at Jalen Thompson. His last visit was to North Carolina the second week of June. They shut it down. You know, kind of a good tell on where these kids are kind of leaning. Great stuff from Don Callahan. I'm gonna let you get out of here. We're gonna keep this one short, 20 minutes only. I think you've lost about five pounds standing there, Don. Uh, the noon dish on Wednesday at noon should be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty fun. What, what can you and I talk about? on Wednesday that we haven't already talked about. Give me something. I we know. need a top five. That's why, that's why they pay you the big bucks to figure these sort of things out. 
Well, we will get together and figure it out. Need a top five. Uh, might have top five hottest moments for Don Callahan on the recruiting trail. This one's up there. <laughs> <laughs> this, to Don't. be honest, I think is more of a nervous thing. I'm just waiting for this. Oh, there it goes. Yeah, I'm going to have to. My, my computer just told me. All right. I will see you guys later. Tom, if you want to wrap it up, go for it. I'll do it. This has been the Inside Carolina special live reaction with Don Callahan. On location at Fuquay Verena High School for Malcolm Ziegler, four-star safety commitment to North Carolina. Charlton Warren and Jason Jones doing work in the defensive back room. Ziegler is the latest. Stay tuned to Inside Carolina for all the complete coverage of football recruiting with Don traversing the state, covering everything. Of course, Sherelle, Sean, and Joey on the basketball side of the recruiting and all the other content over at Inside Carolina. Stay there. and sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt. Rate, review, like this video. Do all the good stuffs. We shall talk again soon. Thanks, everybody, for joining. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!